greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. Mahatma Gandhi Hello everybody and welcome to All About the Animals Radio, a community dedicated to advocate for all the animals. My name is Valentina Ortega and today, for those who love the animals but also enjoy poetry, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Gordon Mead. Good morning, Mr. Gordon. How are you? It's a great honor for me to have you here today with us. I'm fine, thank you, Valentina, and uh, many thanks for the opportunity to, to be on the program. It's, it's really good. Thank you. Thank you for you as well. Um, please, can you tell us a bit more about you? Yes, yeah, certainly. I, I mean, I've been writing uh, since the early 80s, really. Um, I was interested in poetry before then. But it was a really strange uh, incident that uh, made me a bit more serious about it. I, I was living down in London at that time, and I actually fell off the end of a, a, an old open-ended London bus and uh, fractured my skull. And for a while, uh, I'd lost my memory and lost my speech. And luckily, uh, I worked with a, an amazing speech therapist. and. Uh, as I as I regained my my speech and language, that's when I really started to uh, to write poetry. Um, throughout my writing career, I tried to maintain a balance between my own writing and uh, some writing residencies that I've done. Uh, I was the creative writing fellow at the Duncan of Jordanson College of Art, and then I worked for the Royal Literary Fund as their writing fellow at the University of Dundee. And I've worked in a few schools as well throughout Scotland. Uh, during the last few years, because of uh, COVID and my own health issues, I've read at uh, a number of human and animal studies conferences online. That sounds really interesting. But I would like to know, how is the process of creating a poem for you? I mean, do you have like a kind of routine or is it just a matter of inspiration? Yeah, I, I suppose it's a bit of both, really, uh, both routine and inspiration. I, I like to uh, I like to find myself working on a on a project, uh, which maybe is part of the routine, trying to do something every day, but also allow myself to go off track. Uh, should anything else turn up, any any other ideas that are not uh, overtly connected with the project that I'm working on at the moment. So it is really a mixture of the two. That's great. I think. All poems has like its own history, and it's really curious to think about it. Uh, but mm, what kind yeah. of what kind of poems do you usually write? I mean, do you only write poems about animals, or do you have any other topics you like to write about? I suppose recently, two at least of my projects have been zoo speak and exposed animal elegies, which are both extremely animal based. But in between the two of them, I, I wrote another collection, In Transit, which had some animals, a section of animals, poems in it, but also some poems about my ongoing experience of cancer, uh, some poems about my childhood, and, and unfortunately, some, some human elegies as well. That's, that's really cool. I think I would like to read them. Oh, that'd be nice. That would be nice. I have the opportunity to read some of your poems. I really like them. Those about animals. So I think the other are going to be awesome as well. 
Thank you. Um, have you tried other type of literature or just to just write poetry? Uh, not really. Um, when I was younger, I, I probably started the, the first paragraph or two of a, a couple of very rapidly abandoned novels. But uh, since then, uh, unfortunately, it's been all poetry. Do you remember, like, which was your first poem related to animals? Uh, do you remember how you came about it with it? Really? I could I could read it to you as well if you want. It came after after the accident in London. We I moved back up to Scotland, and we were living then on the coast in the East Nook of Fife, which is a, a small sort of promontory. Uh, between Edinburgh and St Andrews. And uh, the first poem I, I wrote about animals was called East Nook Assizes, which brings together where I was living, recuperating, uh, and the idea of the medieval traveling courts that used to go around the villages and towns, and the birds that were the seabirds washed up on the beaches of those, those villages. East Nook Assizes. Sea salt preserves only the elemental. Ask this unbodied gull, his rotted skull and stiff-set beak, life's only evidence. A limp-necked shag takes the stand, dressed in bladder rack and ragworm. The prosecution's star witness says nothing. The judge, a smash-headed heron, Caught unawares by a riptide, and dashed against Billow Ness, ruffles his salty gowns to pronounce sentence. The moonstruck sea gets off with a warning. Her mother, the hooded moon, is never called. She drags her daughter out of the dock and sets her going again. Marvelous, I really love it. Have you published that poem? I mean, I know you have published some of them. Um, I want to know, of course, how, why, and when did you decide to publish your poems about animals? And how was the process of doing it? Well, again, it all started, uh, I started sending my stuff out probably at the beginning of the 90s. And uh, basically just to begin with sending poems to magazines, uh, getting a few taken there, and then sending manuscripts to publishers and, and hoping that they might be interested in, in publishing the work. Um, up until my most recent collection, that, that was how, how I worked. Um, the most recent one, Exposed Animal Elegies, was a, the result of a proposal that I, I made to a publisher and was, was taken unseen, which added a different sort of pressure to the writing process. Uh, in that the, the, the publisher said they were going to take the they were going to take the book, so uh, I had to make it, had to make sure the poems were pretty good. I think. All right, it's great. I mean, art and poetry, it's it's amazing. But when did you discover that poetry can help in animal advocacy, or just in which way do you think that? Poetry and literature in general can help to animal advocacy. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a difficult one because I'm 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 glad you said advocacy. I'm far happier with the, the idea of being a, a, an animal activist, 
advocate rather than activist. But I, I, I'm not sure how how successful poetry and other forms of literature can be in in helping the situation regarding animals. Um, I'm always I'm I'm just unsure about that. I, I think the idea is just to try to keep to keep getting it out there and, and hoping that it will have some effect somewhere. In general, the art and the music poetry are the way are the best way to change the world. And many people need to change their mindsets about the animals. And I think this is the best way to do it. I hope so. I hope so. And you work with children as well, right? Yes, I have, yeah. Um, I work mostly in schools with uh, young young children between about six and 11 years old, usually with the ones that are that are termed the more disruptive ones in class, which uh, I find to be the more interesting ones. They all had a, a lot to say and uh, a desire to be listened to. Uh, in my experience, working with adults in workshops, Sometimes uh, you have to provide the motivation for for them to get started, but with with the kids, the opposite the opposite's definitely true. Uh, they, they are very keen to to be, as I say, to be listened to, uh, and I found it I found it very rewarding indeed. Do you think that the new generations are more concerned about the health and the safety of animals compared to the human and non-human dynamics? of the past decades? I do. I do, and I hope so. I, I really hope the younger generations are, go are going to be more interested in, in the general state of the planet uh, and the animals with which we share it with, uh, as it's unfortunately going to be down to them to try and fix what uh, my own generation and generations before us have, have left broken for them, really. I think Working with kids, kids are the our future. Everybody says that, but it's true. And I think the best way also. I think what you're doing, it's amazing because you're using the arts with kids and that's the best way to change the world. I think your work is amazing. Well, thank you very much. As I say, working with the children, we, we, we produced a couple of books of their work as well. Uh, and had a little launch at the school for them, and and they they were really really uh, really passionate about it. It was, it was good. Have you ever think of you? I mean, you work with kids in the place where you live, but have you tried to work with kids in other places? Maybe contact with schools in other countries to promote your work and motivate kids to advocate for animals. Yeah, the, uh, not not recently. There there is a there's a project that might take off uh, in March next year uh, in America, doing uh, just doing three three uh, taster workshops with some children there, and and see how that uh, takes off. Yeah, I would love to hear about that project next year. Well, certainly I'll keep I'll keep you informed about it. No problem. That will be amazing. Mr. Gordon, is our listeners want to read some of your poems? Where should they go? Well, um, I suppose uh, 
Google Google my name, and uh, you you can find a number of my poems on on various online magazines that uh, people could uh, dip into. The the Scottish Poetry Library have a few of my poems that are available online as well, and uh, I suppose I'd have to, I'd have to say this being an author, you could uh, look to maybe buy a book and, and see how you see how you uh, see how you like the work. That's great, and I will encourage people listen to this podcast to read your poems. Okay. They are they are super good. Um, can you read one of them, please? I you have already done that. I want to hear another one, please. Okay, I'll, I'll read one uh, from the from the new book from Exposed Animal Allergies, uh, which each poem uh, is set aside the uh, along with the poem, the photograph that it uh, was its inspiration. And this one is of a, a bat at a market in Luang Prabang. Allow People's Democratic Republic, taken by Joanne McCarthy. Bad. I am echo. I am flight. I am blind. I am sight. I am tree. I am cave. I am dark. I am gray. I am east. I am west. I am vision. I am quest, I am caught, I am trapped, I am pinned, I am wrapped. I really like this poem because it makes you feel a connection with an animal that we don't usually, I mean, you walk in the streets at night and you see a bad journal, oh, how beautiful a bat is, you, these kind of animals. People yeah. are like, um, please don't. But I think this poem makes people have a connection with those animals that we are not usually familiar to. And mm. that, that's something beautiful. Yeah, certainly in, in that book, in that book exposed, I wanted to, they're almost, they're almost little elegies uh, written by the animals themselves. That was the idea. And the idea was to, in a short period of time, short, very small space, to give some idea of the, the essence of the animal, but also um, say something about the, uh, the situation the animal find, find itself in, which is usually a, a, quite a sad situation. Yes, I like that it's unique in, in its way. I mean, it shows the perspective, as you said, of the animal. Sometimes we just go by in the world and we don't care about them. And this kind of activities, poetry especially, help us to have this, like, empathize with them. Yes, hopefully, yes. And now, Mr. Gordon, we're coming to an eventual end, but however, I cannot let you go without my challenge. Will you accept it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'll try anyway. Okay, so imagine that you have the task to change the mindset of a group of people who don't believe the animal have right or the deserve treatment uh, with respect. Do you think that's even possible? And if you say yes, how would you achieve this goal? Oh, 
Well, I mean, I think it's trying to, what you said, it's trying to form a connection, a connection between the human and the animal, and then maybe extend that to, to animals they might come into contact with, into animals that uh, they, they don't see, uh, but maybe should take, uh, take some sort of idea of. Uh, one of the ideas to do that would be see the connection people have with between their pets and themselves, and then maybe extend that if you if they can to say farmed animals. Uh, for example, would you eat your dog? No. So so why eat a cow or a pig? That sort of idea. And and as far as as far as helping people make that connection through writing, um, one of the exercises I do with, with kids and, and with adults is to uh, try and encourage them to write from the point of view of an animal. And then once, they have, once they've put that sort of commitment in, maybe that will uh, extend into their, into their non, uh, non-creative lives and, and just their day-to-day living. That's a splendid idea. I mean, I made the challenge, but I I didn't know, and I right now I don't know how will achieve that. But I think that you have like a good vision of how to do it. Well, I hope so. It's it's one way anyway. I think. So, Mr. Gordon, is something else you want to add before this podcast comes to its end? Not really. I mean, I think it. I think it, you covered quite a lot of ground there. And uh, all I'd really like to say is just uh, just to be, thank you for the for the opportunity to to be able to talk about the the kind of work that I'm doing at the moment. Thanks to you, it was a pleasure to meet Nathan Duran, and thank you for your time. And please never stop fighting for the rights of the animals. I mean, they deserve it, and they need our help. Yes, I agree with that definitely. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Anne. I hope you have a pleasant day today. And you, I hope you have a very creative and peaceful 2023.